Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. You might want to, if you don't normally follow along, you might want to grab a pew Bible and follow along with this. It's a little longer passage than I normally read for a sermon. And I'm going to just begin reading this just right off the top. Remembering that this was the first Easter Sunday. Luke 24, beginning with verse 13. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those who were with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Sometimes the road of life gets hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's a struggle. Have you ever been just going home, not to be with family, not for the joy of being there, not for rest, just going to a place where you could be alone, where you could lick your wounds, where you could put some bad experience behind you? Maybe a divorce, maybe a failure, maybe a death, maybe a lost job. Just some place to go and try to 
make some sense of it all. Have you ever noticed how some of the saddest words in the English language start with the letter D? Disappointed, doubt, disillusionment, defeat, despair. The two, going back to Emmaus, had those feelings. And one other, look at verse, the last part of verse 17. They stood still, their faces downcast. They were experiencing all of those other emotions. And it was all because of Jesus. You see, Jesus had been betrayed. Jesus had been arrested. Jesus had been beaten. Jesus had been crucified. Jesus was dead. These were followers of Jesus. They had seen Him perform miracles. They had heard Him speak. They had put their hope in Him and they felt like He was the one who was going to redeem their nation and set it free and bring in the wonderful rule of God. They thought all of those things and Jesus had failed. And now, just going home. Just going home. It's all that you could, they could do. Look at verse 21. We had hoped. We had hoped. Past tense. We know how they felt. We had hoped that he or she would be the perfect mate or the perfect child or the perfect boss or the perfect friend, but we had hoped. Sometimes we've hoped in God. We've put our hope in God because we had a need, we had a desire, we had a want, and we thought about it, and we had prayed about it, and we had earnestly anticipated God answering our prayer, and now it's the third day, or the third month, or the third year, and we had hoped, but not anymore. So they were going home. Life had to go on. They would get by somehow. But then, look at verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. And notice verse 16, but they were kept from recognizing him. Have you ever wondered why? Why were they kept from recognizing him? I think they were kept from recognizing him so that they would listen to what he had to say. If they had recognized that he was alive right away, they would have been so excited and overjoyed. They would be thinking, wow, they wouldn't listen. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we're the most ready to listen to God when we're downcast? When we're feeling all of those D words? So they were ready to listen. And Jesus came and Jesus walked along beside them. 
He comes to the rough places with us, doesn't He? And do you notice what He did? He walked with them. He asked them some questions. He listened to them when they spoke. And He gave them some good advice. You know, that's a pretty good pattern to follow when we're trying to deal with someone who's going through a rough time, when someone is downcast. But don't miss it. Jesus does come and He walks through the hard places with us. He walks along the rough road with us because He came and walked along that road that had been a road of despair as those two walked on the way to Emmaus. It became something else. It became something different. The road to Emmaus became a road of hope. No longer was it a road of despair. No longer were they walking in a downcast manner. It was a road of hope. Jesus' presence made all the difference. He came to them, and He gave them a mild rebuke. He said, how slow of heart to believe. You know, the problem wasn't with their eyes. The problem wasn't with their ears. The problem was with their heart. That's usually where our problem is, isn't it? That's where we have a struggle sometimes, whether to believe Jesus and commit to Him or not. It's in our heart. It's in our heart that we decide we are going to follow Jesus. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a heart matter. Jesus said they were slow of heart to believe. You see, they were slow to catch on to Jesus' plan. They had wanted Jesus to come and establish the kingdom of God. They had wanted Jesus to come and make everything right, right now. And we know how they felt. We want that too. Tear the heavens apart and come down. Punish all of these wicked people who are doing such horrible things. Show the righteous that they're on the right track. Bless them. Come and show that you're really God. We forget, don't we? We forget that God's ways are not our ways and that His thoughts are not our thoughts. That His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But don't ever forget God is wise and God is powerful and God is sovereign over all. One day, in His own way, in His own time, He will do all of those things. But right now, we have to follow His plan. And sometimes that means we walk a lonely, dark road. But don't ever forget, He's with us. He's watching over us. He is there. You see, they had to learn that even Christ had to suffer. We live in a fallen world. We will live in a world in, in rebellion against God. We, we ourselves are people who rebel against God. We have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And God was doing something about it in Christ. God was letting Jesus come and pay the price for our sin. The wages of sin is death. He took the payment. He died in our place. He is the one who makes it possible for us to have eternal life. 
Simon Peter understood it. He said, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Jesus had to go to the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous. His righteousness, our unrighteousness, so that He might bring us to cross, to cry to, to God in eternal life. Christ had to suffer. And then the Scripture says, Jesus opened the Scriptures to them. Man, wouldn't you have liked to have walked along with them that day? Heard Jesus take the Old Testament, for that was their Scriptures then. Start off with the creation. Tell about the fall. Hear about the call of Abraham and God's plan to save the world. See the Exodus, understand the Exodus. God's on the side of freedom. He's on the side of setting people free. He's on the, on the way to leading them to the promised land. Wouldn't you have liked to heard Jesus talk about the sacrificial system? Wouldn't you have liked to heard Jesus, you know, talk about the promised land, talk about King David, talk about what Isaiah taught. Yeah. He explained about himself. He was there at the creation of the world. He and God were co-creators in it. He understood the fall and was willing to go to the cross because of the fall. He understood the plan God was bringing into being with Abraham. He understood the initiative of God to set people free and to give them abundant life. He understood the sacrificial system and he became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knew what heaven was like. He knew what the promised land was like. He knew that one day he would rule as King David ruled, but rule over all, all of creation. He was the good shepherd Isaiah talked about. Takes the little lambs in his arms and gently leads those who are with young. He knew about the suffering servant passage that Brad read for us early. That he was going to be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him. He explained all that to them. And the scripture says their hearts burned within them as they finally caught on. Their eyes and their mind and their hearts were opened and they began to understand what God was doing. Jesus opened the scriptures to them and he brought them hope. They began to see what God had been up to in Christ. And that gave them hope. The road of despair had become a road of hope. The road of loneliness, because Jesus was walking with them, became a road of fellowship. You know, we get the wrong idea sometimes. We think that we've got to get God's attention. We think that we've got to be praying enough and coming to church enough and doing enough good things and staying away from all of the bad things and we've got to get God's attention when all the while he's already with us it's Carol saying he takes the initiative he's the one who comes down and walks with us gives us fellowship with himself Jesus walked with them Jesus talked with them Jesus let them share their experiences it was fellowship. It was give and take. It was genuine communication. Have you ever had somebody ask you, you know, well, if God knows everything, why do we need to pray anyhow? You ever thought about that? Because He wants us to pray. 
He knows our needs before we ask. But He wants us to talk to Him so that He can reveal Himself to us, so that He can establish communication with us, so that we can get to know one another, especially us getting to know Him. He already knows us. He makes it possible through prayer for us to come and begin to have a real faith because, you see, a second-hand faith won't work. I was too on the way to Emmaus had a second-hand faith. You see, they knew about the empty tomb. They knew about the women going to the tomb and, and not finding the body of Jesus. They knew about the, a couple of the disciples going there and you know, finding it as the women had said. They knew about those things. Wasn't enough. You know what we do sometimes? We hear the good news of Christ so many times it becomes kind of a twice-told tale and it doesn't excite us anymore. Or sometimes we hear about it and we take it and we categorize it and we put rules and regulations with it and we turn it into a religion and there's not that much to it either. You see, it's got to be personal. We've got to have a personal relationship with God. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ who you sent. It's got to be personal. It's not just going through the motions. It's not just rules and regulations. It's being in relationship. It's sharing fellowship. Faith is not a report. Faith is not in a report of an empty tomb. It's in Jesus the one who came out of that tomb and conquered death and did it for all. And then it's a road of purpose. It became a road of purpose. It was a road of just kind of aimlessly wandering, just going back home. But when Jesus came and walked with them, it was a road of purpose. It was different. They saw that they had Jesus and they were changed. They were changed. They had been despairing. Now they were filled with joy. They'd been aimlessly wandering. Now they had a purpose. Now they couldn't wait to get back to Jerusalem to tell others about Jesus, to say He is alive. He has made a difference. We know because we've experienced Him personally. And you see, that's how He gets shared best today. The best witness is sharing what we know about Jesus. You know, if we tell our story, we tell about our relationship with Jesus catches other people's attention. It holds their interest. It helps them to know that God still works in people's lives and, and makes a difference in their lives and changes them. And it helps them to know that Christ is still busy in people's lives today. So when we share, we're sharing something personal. And that God can use that so that they might come to know Christ as well. They might come to understand that Jesus is the Savior and that Jesus is the risen Lord. They can come to understand that the cross wasn't tragedy. The cross was triumph. It was the King, the eternal King, winning over all of the forces of evil on behalf of His people. It's good news and people need to know it. The road to Emmaus changed. And so the walk back to Jerusalem was far different than the road to Emmaus had been. It was the same road, but boy, was it ever different. 
Or you see, they knew that Jesus was alive. Not dead. Alive. They knew that Jesus had conquered and won the victory. They knew that Jesus was the Messiah. The one who would rule forever and ever. And they knew Jesus personally. Bottom line. Do you know Jesus personally? Or do you just know about Jesus? You, you've heard the message. You've heard the tales. Of course you know them. You've heard the scriptures. But do you know Jesus personally? That's what makes all of the difference. Where you see Jesus restored their hope. Jesus gave them a purpose. Jesus made them a part of the fellowship of others who had experienced Him. Jesus can still do that. Maybe today, you're walking a rough road. You're walking a hard road. And you need to ask Jesus to just come and walk with you. Say, Lord, come and be with me. Communicate with me. Listen to me. Guide me. Encourage me. Lord, restore my hope. Maybe today, you need to come and say, I need a Savior. I want to know Jesus personally. And I'm going to personally invite Jesus to come into my life. I'm going to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I'm going to ask Jesus to give me eternal life. Because I know now He is the Savior. And I feel He is with me. And I know He can save me. Would you accept Jesus as your Savior today? Maybe you need to come and put your membership in this church to be a part of this fellowship. Maybe you just need to come and say, I've walked a little bit away from the Lord. I want to get back close to Him. If you feel Christ, tell it at your heart. It's Him taking the initiative. It's Him drawing you because He made you and because He knows all about you and because He still loves you and He wants that close, personal relationship with you. Won't you respond to Jesus today? Your invitation to Him is 154.